Oh, good morning, church. Are you blessed? Oh, it's so good to worship the Lord and to sense His presence. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Good to see everybody here. Great to have the family here as well. What a wonderful surprise. And it's good to be in family today because we're talking about a subject uh, we are continuing in our series, You Asked For It. Remember, last week we started a series based on those questions which you asked. Last year, we handed out some forms, and you could indicate uh, some topics of interest, things you'd like to hear uh, being preached about here. And so what we're doing is we've put some of those things together, some of the most popular requests, and over 50% of you requested something on prayer. That's how we started last week, talking about effective prayer. If you missed that, please go to our website, awakenlife.co.za. Go to the sermon section. It is there. You can uh, listen to it and catch up. Even if you were here, we covered a lot of stuff. Maybe you need to go back and listen again. But prayer, and then some people ask as well about understanding the Bible, some of you might have no problem in opening that book and, and trying to make sense of it. But for some people, especially if you're new in the faith, new to Christianity, new to reading the Bible, it can be a little bit of an overwhelming volume. And so some of you want to know a bit more about understanding the Bible. And then some of you want to know as well about hearing God or being able to hear God and, and, and hear His voice. And those three things actually go together. Prayer the Bible and hearing God's voice go together. Now, there are more things you asked, and we will deal with that. But we are starting with this little uh, trilogy of uh, talking about prayer, which we did last week. Today, we're going to be talking about hearing God's voice. And next week, we're going to be talking about understanding your Bible. Because you need the three of them. The three of them work together. Because as you pray, you're talking to God, but as you pray, God is going to talk to you too. And he's going to talk to you through your Bible. Normally, when you have our quiet time, what we call quiet time, some of us, it's not so quiet, I know, but uh, it's a time of devotion. And normally what you do is you spend some time alone and you open the Bible, you read a little bit and you pray and you bring requests to God. But that's also a time when God can speak to you. So prayer, Bible, and hearing God all kind of go together. Last week we spoke about effective prayer. And uh, you can go back and, and listen to those points. But today, I want to move on and speak about hearing God's voice. Now, what does your father's voice or your mother's voice or your brother's voice, your sister's voice, your son, your daughter's voice, that colleague at work, you know, if you hear that voice, even if you don't see the person, you hear that voice and you know who it is, isn't it? Why is it that you recognize that voice? There is just something about certain people that you've walked a long way with or you've come to know them. When you hear that voice, you know it. You've become accustomed. You've learned to identify that voice. And when you hear that voice, you pay attention, like the little baby is paying attention to me right now. He's getting used to my voice. And so it is something about voices and learning to hear a certain voice. I can be in a crowded room, but if my wife speaks, I can hear, I can identify her voice. If my son, my daughter, if someone I know is in the room, I'll be able to discern that voice among all the other voices. We learn to hear the voice. And so 
just like you are able to hear human voices, we are able to hear the voice of the Lord. Every human being is able to hear the voice of the Lord. Why? God created us. And he didn't just make us physical shells. He put a spirit inside of us. And that spirit relates to the spiritual world. We mentioned that last week where prayer and the altar of prayer is a point of connection between the spiritual world and the physical world. And so every human being can pick up the voice of the spirit and the voice of God. Jesus, in fact, said in John Uh, Chapter 10, verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Now, it's easy to understand that part, I know them. I mean, he's God. Of course he knows everything. But here's the beautiful thing. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. So you see, everybody is able to learn to develop the ability to hear the voice of the Lord. It is based on two things. The voice of God will always be consistent with Scripture. That's why we're talking about the Bible next week. Because God is never going to say something to you personally which contradicts what is written in the Word. Some of you guys, if you've got your eyes on your neighbor's cute wife, don't waste your time in praising God, is it your will? Because you ain't going to hear God saying, it's okay, go for it, man. If you hear that, and you may be able to hear that, it's not God. We'll get to it just now, what it could be, Okay. But God is never going to talk to you something which contradicts his word. And number two, it is rooted in relationship. Why is it that you recognize that voice of someone that you know? Because you've got a relationship. And the longer that relationship, the more rooted that voice becomes in you. And when you hear that voice, you know it. You don't have to wonder is it? No, you know it is. Amen? Amen? When my wife speaks, I hear her. Sometimes. Most of the times. <laughs> and even if I don't hear her or hear everything she's saying, at least I know who's talking, okay? <laughs> because I recognize her voice. I know it's her. And so when I hear her voice, I've got a choice. Do I tune in or do I tune out, you know? (laughs) But I recognize that voice. And so it is with God. The the more you develop a relationship with the Lord, and remember, Christianity is not a religion. It's not a set of rules and rituals. Christianity is a relationship with God. Yes, we do have some rituals, and yes, we do have some routines, But those routines and so forth, they flow out of a relationship. Just like in our homes, we've got certain routines and rituals, but they flow out of relationship. They're not there to bond us together. They're there because we are bonded together. And so we hear the voice. It's always consistent with Scripture, and it is rooted 
in a relationship. Learning to hear the voice of the Lord can be like learning a new language. And, and almost like children learn languages and so forth, we need to learn the language of the Spirit. It's a language which comes from within. Very seldom God will speak from outside. Now, He can, okay? He's God, okay? He can do whatever He wants. And He could use an audible voice. He could write something on the wall like He did with that king in the Old Testament. And I wish He did that sometimes because it would be much easier for me to understand and to know His will. But he doesn't do that normally. Usually, it's an inner voice that we have to learn to tune in and learn that language. It's intuitive. And there's another problem because uh, we, we learn to think logically. We go to school, we learn point by point. Our Christian theology, especially in the Western world, has been developed in a logic way. We call it systematic theology. It's point number one, point number two, point number three, and one thing follows the other, and we kind of learn to study theology like that. You learn to study the Bible like that, and then when you come to hear God's voice, God doesn't speak like that. God God doesn't go, my son, point number one. I mean, is that how we talk to each other? Darling, come here, I have to talk point number one, love. (laughs) No, we don't talk in point form. We have a conversation, and that conversation goes all over the place. And that relationship is not always logical, is it? Because love isn't logical. Have you seen, we've got a couple of babies in the house here. You must see how I behave when I get close to these babies. I forget them. I'm a grandma, man. You get, you, go, you get crazy. There's nothing logic about our relationships. Nothing logic about babies. All they can do is pee and poo, and we go, oh, and we give them so much love, and we, we shower them. It's not logic. They're not giving anything back. And we're pumping so much money into them. It's not logic. Love is not logic. God so loved the world that he gave. Do you think you and I deserve the love that God gives us? Do you think it's logic that love should shower so much love upon guys like us who so often reject God, who so often behave in a way which displeases him, which is not consistent with his will? I'm talking about us Christians, I'm not even talking about those guys out there who don't know God and are really messing up. And even upon those guys, God showers his love. That's why they're still breathing. In the hopes that one day they'll come to Jesus. Love is relational. Love is illogical. And when you hear God's voice, be prepared for that. Because it is intuitive. He'll speak to you in, in mental pictures and in whispers and, and, and in sudden thoughts which will suddenly come to you. You'll be in the shower, mind your own business, and boom, here comes a thought. And you go, where did that come from? Take note, it could be God speaking to you. Every time a sudden thought comes, you, you're going this way, and a thought comes in that crosses you crosswise, it could be the Lord speaking to you. Take note, learn to start noticing these things because God wants to speak to you. Not only your quiet time, but throughout your day. Amen? And God speaks in words and in a language that we understand. God will often speak in the first person, I. And you think it's you, you're talking to yourself. Meantime, it's God speaking to you. You might be minding your own business, all of a sudden comes, I love you. What do you mean, I love you? You mean, I love me. <laughs> Bad grammar. No, no, I love you. 
It's God speaking to you. And so learn to pick up on these things. It is very real, people, and God definitely wants to speak to us. God usually whispers, very seldom he shouts. In fact, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 12, we see the prophet Elijah. He's, he's, he's just had a major victory, but now he's running from the queen Jezebel and he wants to kill him, and so he runs, and he's despondent, and he wants to hear the Lord. And so in 1 Kings 19, 11, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. Everything trembled. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice, a whisper. And that's when God spoke to him. God often does not make a big noise. He does not make the earth tremble and, you know. He doesn't often speak to you in the middle of noise, noisy environment, dramatic stuff. He doesn't cause that to speak to you. He speaks in a quiet voice. And so what must you do if you want to hear a quiet voice? You must get quiet yourself. Amen? You cannot hear a quiet voice if you make a lot of noise. And isn't it true that you live in a world which is always filled with noise? You can't go anywhere without some form of noise. There's music, there's advertisements, there's noise everywhere. And our life seems to be one noisy environment after the other. And so to hear God's voice, you need to learn to switch off all that stuff and focus on his whisper. Because most of the times, God is going to speak to you in a whisper. Now, he can shout at you. You know, you could be so busy and so caught up in things of life that God may go, hey, shut up! At least once he's, he's told me that. And it was in a prayer time nogal. I was going through a time in my life. I had to make some decisions. And, and so I took a morning off. I went home. And I was alone in the house. And I went to a room. And I had myself a session. God! <laughs> no, no, no. Because you know. And I was literally at the top of my voice in the room. Talking to God like that. And going on and on and on and on. You know those people, you know. On and on and on. Then all, it's like, it's, it's, it was almost like an audible voice. Shut up! And I actually literally sat down on the carpet. And I kept quiet. And then the small voice came and began to lay out instructions, which formed the basis of a number of major decisions which are made in my life concerning ministry. It affected both of our lives, actually. And so God will speak to you, but you have to be quiet and pick up on that small voice. Amen. How does God speak? There are many ways in which the Lord speaks. And let's look at some of those ways. And I'll tell you what, if there is a time when we need to understand how God speaks, and if there's a time where we need to learn to hear the voice of the Lord, it is now, people. We are living in end times where this world is filled with voices. 
voices against God, voices against the church, and then voices in the church trying to push people away and deceive them and take from them. I mean, right now in South Africa, we are surrounded by stuff going on in the media. One more last week. You guys heard about the fake resurrection? And the week before, the guy taken to court because of money laundering and so on. And these are guys, when you hear them speak, they're speaking in the name of Jesus. How do you, and, and I tell you, every one of these guys, the first time I saw a clip of them, I knew it. This guy's not from God. Took me two seconds. Because I'm such a clever guy, of course. No. No. Because of this. Because of understanding scripture. Understanding principle. Any so-called man of God who emphasizes that he is a man of God is not a man of God. Every church, every group that builds itself on the reputation of one man, be careful. Oh, but it's the anointed one of God. Thou shalt not touch the anointed one of God. And who are you? You see, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, the anointing of God only came upon three officers: the king, the prophet, and the priest. Those were the men of God in the Old Testament, particularly the prophet. He was the one that God used to speak his will to the people. The Holy Spirit was not given to man yet. God's presence was limited to one place, the temple, in the Holy of Holies, where nobody could go there. Except the priest once a year, after a lot of preparation. That was the Old Testament. When Jesus came, he came to make all of us sons and daughters of God. We are all men and women of God. You're the woman of God. You're the man of God, Louis. You're the man of God. Now, it's true that among the men and women of God, God calls some of them to the office of a pastor, to the office of an evangelist, to the office of a teacher, or a prophet, or an apostle, God that goes and plants churches and so on. Those are offices he calls them to. And, they, and together with that goes some extra responsibilities. But it doesn't make you as a person who has a secular job and doesn't preach every Sunday, doesn't make you less of a man or a woman of God. Because wherever you go during the week, shopping, school, work, office, you are taking the anointing and the presence of God with you. You are a child of God. You are a representative of God. You are an agent of God. And you're gonna touch the lives of people that might never walk into a church and hear the gospel. We are all men and women of God. So don't come to, oh, he's a man of God. Well, I've got to carry this Bible for him, shame. Come here, taking money from people, buying jets and buying expensive cars while the people are struggling to put money on their bread on their table. This kind of stuff makes me mad, people. And you know why? Because the people that are following them don't know how to hear God. And of course, they're not going to teach them. Of course not. They're going to teach the people to honor the man of God, to give to the man of God, because it's really convenient for them. Guys, you need to wake up, and you need to help. If you come across people that are into these guys, help them. 
Because many people out there, like this, it's like sheep without a shepherd. They need help. And we need to understand the word of God and how to hear God. So God speaks through scripture, number one, as I said. That's the primary way in which he speaks to us. If anybody does anything, and that's how I pick up these guys are not from God. When you see a guy talking about himself and exalting, it's all about him, him, him. He can do it. He's got the gift. He's got the anointing. And everybody else must just come and bow and pay and pay and pay. And then, come on, that's not biblical. Scripture does not teach us that. The gifts of God are given to us to serve people. Not to lord it over people. That's what Jesus taught us. That Jesus didn't ever do any of that stuff. In fact, sometimes in the middle of the meeting, in the, in the height of the meeting, when Jesus could very easily have taken the second offering, he would just quietly slip away and disappear. Gone. And that was Jesus. He had the right to do it because he's the real deal. Amen? God speaks to us while you are waiting on God, waiting on him. He speaks to us by spontaneous thoughts. He can speak to, to us by dreams and by visions. In the Bible, you read of situations like that. And even in present time, God speaks. You can ask God for help and he will help you. You, you have spoken to me once in a dream in a technical issue. Can you believe it? I, I, I never knew that God understood technical stuff. And one uh, early in my, my electronics career, I was stuck with, with a particular circuit and I couldn't find the, the problem. And I spent three days... You know, it's, it's microelectronics, so you've got to work in a lab, you know, you're under a microscope, looking at this tiny little thing. And, and for three days, I struggled to find a problem. And, I, and, and one, I just prayed, God, show me this. And that night, as I slept, I dreamed of a certain portion of the circuit. And there was a problem in that portion. I saw, I saw it clearly. The next day, I couldn't wait to get to work. Got into work, got into the lab, got in the microscope, and I found a thing. And I was able to break that stuff, and boom, the whole circuit jumped to work. I said, God, you understand about this stuff? Wow, how cool is that, man? <laughs> uh, and then I read in my Bible that young men will have visions and old men will have dreams. And I was really young in those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but God can speak through dreams. V visions are basically, those are mental pictures. Doesn't have to be a, a clear vision. Doesn't have to be a handwriting on the wall. Visions are basically mental pictures. And spontaneous thoughts. I was once sitting in a, in a, in a, in a meeting with children's workers in, in Natal. And as the, the pastor was speaking, I just had this picture of an oyster. And I thought, oh, come on, man. Of course, I'm this. Of course I think I'd see an oyster. I want to go to the beach. I don't want to be sitting over here in a club. God said, no, no, there's, there's a message in there. And he gave me a message about that oyster. And after the teaching, when he opened up for ministry, I shared my, my vision and what I felt it meant. And it was a blessing to some of the people over there. It really ministered to them. And so God can give you just a mental picture. I didn't see anything, you know. And I was just minding my own business. And boom, in my mind, there pops this little picture of an oyster. When that happens, when a, a spontaneous thought or an image pops into your head, stop a little moment and say, God, are you speaking to me? And let him develop it. He will talk to you. Those spontaneous thoughts will come. His audible voice. Like I said just now, you had to tell me to shut up. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could tell you I've learned my lesson and I never get vociferous again, but now and then I still do. And then I remember, I, I, I don't wait until he tells me to keep quiet. I remember I myself just mm, get quiet, you know. 
And so he will speak to you because he can speak to you and he does speak to you. He can speak to you through others. Through others. I, I could be preaching over here and I could say something that means something to you, that touches your heart, that maybe brings light to a situation in your life. You could be having coffee with somebody or talking to somebody at work and, and they say something that, say, wow, God's speaking to me. I remember sitting in church and, and Pastor Ed would be preaching and you would say something and the Holy Spirit would take that thing and start talking to me. And then I wouldn't hear the pastor preaching anymore. I've got no idea what he said because then for the rest of the service, God is talking to me and I'm writing down what God is telling me about that one little phrase which he mentioned. So he talks. It's important for us to be in positions where he can speak to us. After church, somebody could be greeting you and then say, wow, I just sensed the Lord saying this to you. And you go, wow, thank you, I needed to hear that. So God can speak through others. God can speak through nature, especially nature lovers. I, I, I've always been a city boy. You know, born in Sao Paulo, Brazil, then Pretoria is the smallest city I've ever lived in, which is big <laughs> for me now. And, and so I love the outdoors. And I can get out to the bush or to the seaside. I love it. And whenever I'm out there, just somehow I just, I just sense God. I look at the beauty. I look at nature. And, and, and there's always something that speaks to me through creation. I remember when we were in honeymoon at one stage. We were down in Chile Beach before it was so unspoiled. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And we spent over an hour just, just walking in the sand. And I was picking up shells and the big shell, but I was mesmerized with the little shells. I found an assortment of little shells, all sorts of shapes and sizes, all sorts of colors, and, and, I, and God began to speak to me. And I began to think, my goodness, nobody ever sees this stuff. It's out in the middle of the sea, and, and look how beautiful, look how colorful, nobody ever sees this. And, and God began to minister to me, you know, like, well, I made it for you to see it today, <laughs> you know. And if I, if I care so much about this little shell, which nobody sees, how much more do I care for you? Yeah. And, and after about an hour on that beach, I walked down, and like we said, it's it like I'd been to church, to a major, powerful service. And through nature, God was ministering to, us, to me and, and to her as well. Yeah. So we need to be alert. I could just go to the beach and... But you go in and you tune in. You say, Lord... I know you're everywhere. Talk to me. And you will be amazed as he begins to drop those thoughts, those mental pictures, those whispers that you feel inside. So there are many ways which God speaks and we need to embrace and allow him to speak to us through these different ways. Now, how do you listen to God? That's how he speaks. But now God is speaking, but we need to be listening. So let's talk about our side as we start bringing this message to a close. And I'm going to go to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Yeah, there is a book like that in the Bible, believe it or not. Go and check it out. And so we're going to go to Habakkuk and in, in chapter 2, verses 1, 2, 3. Now the, whole, the whole book of Habakkuk is based on a conversation between him and God. Habakkuk was kind of, you know, you know he, ever had one of those days where you just feel like complaining to God? 
you know, you, 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 you're driving to work or from work and you're looking around you and the traffic is a mess, the city is a mess, you know, the, the lights are off, there's load shedding, uh, the people aren't behaving the traffic rules and there's dirt everywhere and you, you wanna complain to God? Oh, it's just me. I'm in good company, right? Habakkuk was having one of those days. He was fed up with what was going on in his life, in his city, with the Jews, and he just had had it. And so he had one of those days, God! <laughs> and so he talks to God, God talks to him, he talks to God, God talks to him. And so when it comes to chapter two, listen to this. He says the following. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and what? Like that was like being a watchman over a city. What he's saying, he's saying there is, I, I'm going to stand my watch. I'm going I'm to position myself, okay, to wait. For what? And watch. He's going to look. To see what he will say to me. So he's there to look and to listen. It's amazing that he says, I'm going to watch and see what he will say. Get that? I mean, I usually listen to what he's going to say and I look to what he's going to show. But God can talk to you and you can listen by seeing. And you can see by listening because it's not in the physical. It's in the spiritual. He's talking to you inside. It's intuitive. And because it's intuitive, you've got to slow down. You've got to get quiet. And that's why he says, I'm going to set myself apart. I'm going to, you know, stand and make time. I'm going to get quiet and wait to see what he'll say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected or when I complain to God, when I talk to him. And then the Lord answered me, okay, so then as he's, as he's sitting there waiting, the Lord spoke to him. And this is what the Lord said, write the vision, write it, record it, write the vision, and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, so that people can respond to what I'm telling you. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. When God speaks to you, when he gives a word, his will will come to pass. It might take a long time, because God kind of usually works in his own sweet time, and he's got all the time in eternity, which we don't. <sighs> and that, that keeps us leaning on him, doesn't it? Because, you know, he just, anyway. But so the fact is, he speaks to us, and he says, you must make time. You must look, listen. When he speaks, Record it, that you can share with people. Now, you might have a word for yourself. It might be for you, the word. Write it down anyway, because it's important for us to test the word of God, to make sure. We'll get to that just now. And so, you need that. And so, write it down, and then respond. Whenever God speaks, normally God doesn't make suggestions. When God speaks to you, he expects us to respond, to do something. What did James say? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Yeah, they're also going to be fooling yourself if you just, you know, hear the word and don't do it. And so wait, become still. That's what you do. You wait, you look and listen, you write, 
and you record. Okay? Wait, become still. He says, I'll stand my watch. Means he quieted himself down to listen and to hear. Our life is too full of noises. You need to look for a vision, watch. Recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. Write it down. Actually, this matter of writing down is, a, is an exercise which I want to encourage you to do. You might not have this habit, or you might. It's to sit down, and when you talk to God, don't just talk to God, write the conversation down. So, it's not saying, Lord, I love you. Just take your pants and say, Lord, I love you. Um, please speak to me about this matter. And then wait for spontaneous thought. And as they come, you write your thoughts down. It's called journaling. Try that. Beautiful thing is that you, you, you've got it in front of you. It's in black and white. And you can, you can read it. You can discern it. You can compare it if necessary. You can take to somebody and show them and say, hey, help me with this. I'm trying to, is, could this be God speaking to me? And what's nice is years later, you can go back and you can read those conversations. And you can see how you are progressing. Uh, and you have a pastor, pastor. And even as a pastor, he had difficult praying. You know why? Because he'd start praying and his mind would start wondering. He went, Father God, oh, I've got this meeting today. Lord, I want to bless me. Oh, I've got that. And his mind would wonder. He would struggle to pray. So he started writing his prayers. Good morning, Lord. I praise you and I worship you because, and he actually would literally write out his prayers and then read it again to the Lord. And from that, he began to write the thoughts which would come to him in response to that prayer. And he journaled that. And even as he matured in the Lord, he continued doing this. And so maybe that might help some of you. If your mind wanders, if you're not able to stay consistent and remember, write it down because writing disciplines thinking. I do that sometimes. I love it, especially when I'm mean, uh, I need, uh, brr, let's talk, and we need to, this is serious. When I'm writing, it's serious stuff, we need to talk now. And try that, it's a wonderful exercise to talk to God, to write your prayers to God, and maybe to write down some of the things that you sense. And of course, you've gotta go and obey. Now, who are you listening to? When you hear these voices, who are you listening to? Because there are three voices. There are three inner voices that could come to you. Number one is God. The first voice is God. And God's voice is consistent with his nature. God is a comforter. He's the spirit of truth. He's the father of light. He's the edifier. He's the shepherd. He's the one that convicts us. And therefore, God's voice produces in us thoughts of faith. And he gives us peace. It's consistent with who he is. The second voice, of course, is Satan. Don't think because you love Jesus, he leaves you alone. <laughs> he wants to give you a bit of a speed wobble. And so he could come and he could whisper as well. And what Satan says is consistent with his nature. He's the accuser of the brethren. Now remember, remember that I said God speaks in the first person, I? Well, Satan also speaks in the first person. He'll come to you and he says, I am such a failure, and you think that you talking to yourself. I am good for nothing. I will never do this. It's him whispering to you, trying to build thoughts in you of self-defeat. Why? Because his words are consistent 
with his nature, accuser of the brethren. He's the father of lies. He masquerades. He pretends to be an angel of light. He's the condemner. He's a murderer and a thief. And when his voice speaks, his voice produces thoughts of unbelief and thoughts of fear. So that's two voices speaking to you. Very easy to discern between one and the other. Is it conviction or condemnation? Then there's a third voice, which of course is our own voice, ourselves, we also have a voice. In fact, we've got more than one voice, but let's talk about one voice only. Our own voice leads us back to safe ground and old habits and patterns. You see, our voice, uh, we, we like to talk ourselves into our zone of comfort, you know, Maybe God comes and he speaks to us and you know God is telling us to go and do something. And we begin, this is consistent. It's something that we can do. It is achievable. It is doable. I've got a little bit of a, a sacrifice, but I can do that for God. And then my voice comes in and says, it's so much more comfortable right here. And there are other people that can do this better than you anyway. And our voice tends to pull us back to the familiar. Why, why, why should I go there? I'm not, I'm, I'm more familiar over here. So be careful, that's how you can discern. Our voice pulls us to the familiar, old patterns and old habits. We've always done it this way. We used to do it, why is God telling us to go this way now? This is so good over here. Jesus, why are you taking this detour? Why on earth are you going through Samaria? It's much easier to go this old way. Jesus had a plan to go through Samaria. There was a meeting that he had to have over there with a woman, which would result in the whole city coming to hear about his goodness. And so we need to learn to discern and learn to obey the more you learn to discern and obey, the easier it becomes to hear the voice of the Lord. And in closing, test what you hear. Test what you hear. Acts 17, 11 and Hebrews 13, 7. This kind of gives us two things. Acts 17, 11 says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily, to find out whether these things were so. These are the guys from Berea. And the Bereans, as Paul would preach, when Paul was finished speaking, they would open up the scriptures and have a discussion. Here's what he's saying true. Where is it? Where is it? And they tested what Paul said against the scriptures. And Paul said, you guys are so noble. Paul didn't get offended. Like some preachers will when you, when you question them. What? I'm the man of God. Just do what I tell you to do, man. <laughs> Paul did not get offended. He commended them because they went to check the scriptures and compare and make sure that what Paul is saying is in line with scripture. Don't take my word when I preach to you. That's why I give you scripture for you to go back home and make sure that what Pastor Valdir says is in line with scripture. If it is in line with scripture, you better do what I tell you. If it is not in line with scripture, flush it down the toilet. Because that's how worth it is. But the word, the word, the word is very important. The other test is the church. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember those who rule over you 
And we have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. And it's, it's like two, these are like safety nets or like a, an umbrella of protection as you learn to hear God's voice. One is to make sure it is in the word. That one never fails. The other one is to be part of a church, have brothers and sisters around you. Amen? So that you can confer. You might, you know, know a bit of scripture, but you don't know enough, and you feel the Lord is, is saying something to you, so go and check. We all need a spiritual home where we have more mature friends and leaders who can help us and guide us and teach us. Beware of the independent spirit, which is so prevalent these days. People, oh, oh, I've got my faith in God, and God speaks to me. Listen, and then why on earth did Jesus talk about the church? He says, I came for my church. And the church is, is a gathering. The, the Greek word for church means gathering of people. And then he speaks about, he gave the church, the apostle, prophet, all the, the, the leadership gifts for us to be together in groups of people called gatherings, local churches. It is important that we do that. We need that. Beware of that independent spirit. Beware of people, and I've had this, people coming here and says, Pastor, I've got a word for you and for your church. I say, who are you? Oh, I'm so-and-so, I'm a prophet. And, and, and where do you fellowship? Oh, I don't fellowship every day. I go to, all the, I go to this church, I go, and they mention all the big names. I go to this church and that church and, and that church. Yeah, but, but who's your pastor? I don't have a pastor. I, I go to all the churches. God, I'm under God's authority. God's authority. I say, sit down and shut up, please. Oh, but I've got a word. No, you don't have a word for me. Because you're not under authority yourself. Jesus said you have authority when you are under authority. I don't care how fantastic your words, how amazing your signs, not yet. Because that's how deception starts. And they come and very often they come with beautiful words and encouraging words. And people go after that and next thing they are lost in error. That's how every sect has started. How every major erroneous church exists is because of that. Not under authority. You know you can't do business these days unless you show them proof of residence. You can't do contracts, you can't do business without proof of residence. Well, you can't do spiritual business without proof of residence either, okay? You need a spiritual address. Where's your spiritual address? Are you under authority? Then you've got authority. You can go everywhere. You can visit churches. You can go to the nations because you're coming under authority. You've got people that are praying for you, that know you, that are speaking to your life, that are keeping you grounded in the word of God. When you come with some weird revelations, they clap you and say, hey, get right, man. <laughs> and so you stay in the straight and narrow. You don't talk rubbish. Oh, may God help us to understand these things. You don't follow your church leaders blindly. You make sure they are backing what they say by properly interpreted scripture as well. And again, that's why you need to mature in your prayer life, in your Bible reading, understanding, and in hearing God's voice. Amen? That's it. That's my message for today. I wonder if I can encourage you this week to take some practical steps. Try, you know, get some time and, and actually make, carve out a block of time to wait. Be it five minutes or 15 minutes. Get a time to be still. Take a notepad with you, a pen, your Bible, 
And I guarantee you, the moment you say, I'm going to sit now to read my Bible, your mind is going to be flooded with the thoughts. Oh, I forgot this. Oh, I forgot that. What you do is you keep a pad next to you. As those thoughts come, just write them down. Finish my homework, put the rubbish out, you know, know, clean the pool. All those things, just, just write them down. Then it's there, it's out of the way. Now you can focus. And take a bit of the word of God. Read a little bit of the word. But take time to wait, to listen, pray, and pray a prayer of, of worship to God, like we spoke about last week. Just, just worship, adore God. Confess any sins to Him. Bring thanks to Him for what He's doing to you. And then bring some requests. We spoke about acts last week, remember, the whole thing? So that's what I've just done. And, you, and, and then just once you've, once you've spoken, just keep quiet. And see if any thought comes to your mind, any mental picture. If it does, write it down. And let the Lord elaborate it. And see how it develops. Don't take any major actions without checking out with your leadership. Don't come and tell me, you know, tomorrow morning you wake up or you had a dream. That you're now going to, you know, sell your house and give the money to the poor. And move down out to Timbuktu or something like that. Check out. Come and talk to me. First question I'm going to ask is, what did you eat before you went to sleep? <laughs> Too much pepperoni in that pizza, man. <laughs> because you see, remember it's intuitive and we need to learn and need to grow in this. But start somewhere. Start hearing God for yourself. Let him encourage you. Let him tell you what he thinks of you. That's a good place to start. Because most of us have a hard time believing what God thinks about us. It's often easier to encourage others than to encourage yourself. Because you know yourself, don't you? Amen. Time's up, guys. So next week, we'll talk a little bit more, and we'll continue with this, and we'll focus on the Word, and and then you'll see how, how the Word and prayer and hearing God, they really go together. I wish I had more time to do some exercises, but we can't. But please go home and, 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 and put this into practice. Amen? And, and, and spend time this week listening to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Listen up. Let's close in prayer. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this time together. I pray that your word will find root in each and every heart. Those here present, those listening to this recording right now. Thank you, Father, for good soil, for the seed of your word. I pray that the seed will grow and that all of us will mature and grow in this ability of hearing your voice. Thank you, Father, that we serve a God who speaks. Thank you that in Christianity you are a God that communicates with your people, Lord God. So we don't have to live in the dark or live guessing. We can hear your voice. So, Father, please help each one of us to learn and develop this ability to hear your voice clearly, that you can live lives which bring glory to you and lives free from error and deception. Bless your people, I pray, Father. And so now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us, guiding us, helping us to hear your voice clearly, Father. Until the day we see you face to face. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day, a great week. 
See you next week. For those that can make it, pre-meeting on Wednesday right here. God bless you.